0: Hey listeners, before we get into today's podcast, I just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor. And today's sponsor is Tiny and Suns Glass. Does your vehicle have cameras or driver's assist? If so, when your windshield is replaced, it will need to be recalibrated. What is recalibration? When your vehicle's windshield is replaced, the safety systems need to then be tested to ensure that they work with your new windshield. Some vehicles require static recalibration, and others require a dynamic recalibration. Not sure who to trust to take care of this recalibration for you? Well, just call Tiny & Sons Glass in Pembroke, Mass. They're experts in auto glass and registered company of the Auto Glass Safety Council. Plus, they make it easy. They will call your insurance company for you, get your windshield replaced by their highly trained auto glass technicians, and get your vehicle recalibrated so you can be back on the road. Tiny and Sun's Glass, keeping you and your family safe. Today's second sponsor is Omeo. Omeo is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details and Omeo will magically give you all of your train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Omeo saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Omio wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head over to omeo.com, that's omio.com, that's o m i o.com and use the code OMIO5 at checkout. Valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transportation. It's just the pick me up 2021 needs. Omio plan, book and love the journey. Terms and conditions apply. Mm-hmm. Welcome hey. back, inebriates. This is Andy, the Nebriar podcast, and uh, I'm actually recording from home today because the Wi-Fi at the office has been less than good. Um, but uh, we're still using Zoom, and I think we're going to continue because uh, we're getting some really cool guests, as always. And today we're joined by, uh, now I have like approach anxiety about trying to pronounce your name because we were just talking about that, uh, Mika Borum.
1: I'd like to be called Mel, actually.
0: Mel Mel Borum. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, thanks, (laughs) Thanks, thanks, Micah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, you having me on. This is fun.
0: Yeah, this is... um, uh, Yeah, no, I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I was really excited because I have to admit, and and I'm going to ask how often this happens, and it's weird how sometimes when you... Remember someone from something specific, they never age in your brain. I remember when um this was probably going like back 10 years, there was um a hip hop group that was like little kids. Um oh, I can't remember what they were called, but one of them passed away. And I'm like, Oh my god, that's so sad. They're like, he was 30. And I'm like, was he? And I feel like you're <laughs> kind of the same way because I remember you from the Patriots. So when I saw your name kind of pop up in that reference, and then I'm like, Oh, she's not. A kid anymore do you kind of get people to kind of have that problem where they're they remember you from something specific and kind of you never age in their brain or is that just my i don't
1: know i don't know that's that's a good one um what i do have happen a lot which i think is very funny is people will be like we went to high school together. I'm like, no. Nah. And they're like, middle school. And I'm like, no, nah, nah. like, like, I'm like, I'm not from that area.
0: <laughs> oh, like they recognize you and they can't, I don't place.
1: Know, they don't know. They're like convinced. They're like, yeah, like we had classes. So I'm like, no, uh, actually like I do some acting stuff. I'm like, oh, okay. But it's funny. because People will like get really far down that road of like, so maybe that's kind of like the same thing when they see their face and they're like, I remember you when I, you know what I mean? And they're just yeah. referencing your own youth with that
0: oh maybe yeah yeah
1: you know they're like now you look old (laughs) (laughs) now you're old as hell but i remember you when you were young i don't know but i can see that too that like falling into into place with that
0: yeah but uh, i was checking out your imdb imdb page you've been in like everything uh a ton of stuff obviously you were very busy working but uh you're also directing now too right
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's exciting. I just directed my first, um, full length feature film, Hollywood.com and just released it on Amazon. So that's pretty fun. Um, I'm excited about it. It's been a, it's been a really cool experience. It was interesting with the pandemic because we had originally planned on releasing it in the theaters mm
2: -hmm. and more
1: specifically in the theaters in Mexico, because there's a lot of Latin America and like Spanish, um in the film it's pretty yeah. much like kind of half half um north america and half south america and half english and half spanish right maybe a little bit more english but um so we had because it's an independent film you know um we get to do a lot of make a lot of these choices our, ourselves which mm-hmm. is pretty cool and so <laughs> um we were like, that would be fun. Like, let's, you know, do this theatrical release and start it in Mexico instead of starting the United States first, because most people for theatrical releases will do us right. first or Canada first, and then they'll go to other territories and other countries. And so we had decided to do it in Mexico and we'd actually done a press tour through Mexico, my dad and I, and, um, and then we were getting ready to release it in all of these theaters in Mexico and then the pandemic hit and we were like, oh, like, what should we do? Like, do we, do we want to wait and hold on to it? Or, and so we like waited around a while and we're like, oh, like, I don't know when people are going to be back in theaters. Like what's going to happen. And um, I talked to one of my friends who works in a big studio and he was like, we have our uh, you know all of our big marvel type movies that we're sitting on that haven't come out yet as soon as the theaters are at capacity like <laughs> that's what you'll be in competition with you know so like just uh, like their press yeah yeah so just like even though there's so many people that love independent films but even though um you know just like with their press and advertising budgets like it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be as soon as theaters open back up it's going to be like huge movie after huge movie in them for a long time. Cause they've all just been hanging on to right. uh, their movies. They haven't been releasing them at all. The only people that have released them are um, Warner brothers. Cause they teamed up with uh, HBO and they launched mm-hmm. HBO max. And right. so, right. Um, you know, they're, they've decided to release theirs, which has been interesting because you know, a lot of these actors take um, pay cuts on things and then they take points on the back end. So that was like one of the things that came out with like Wonder Woman um, was they had all these actors that, you know, if it makes so much money, then they get, uh, you know, at the box office and mm-hmm. they get more money and like all these like bumps that are written into the contracts. So they had to bring out the lawyers and like renegotiate all of that. And so it's this, you know, to release it on streaming is this sort of... Um, Big like uh, you know, hoopla like thing that they have to do with um, figuring out like all the monetary side of it too, because it's not what the contracts were you know originally had like all of the different pieces um, worked out for. So yeah, so it's it's a it's a I'm sorry, I just went a completely different direction.
0: Oh no, that's fine. I mean,
1: like, <laughs> you're like, where are we? Um, <laughs> no, it's, honestly,
0: it's really interesting. It's something I never really thought about, like how the screwed the 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 actors can get. I mean. You know if you're a huge star that's one thing um but you know i remember when robert downey jr signed for the iron man movie the, the first one like he wasn't nearly this you know huge celebrity that he is now and they say that the majority of the money that he made was from the back end of how successful the movies were in that yeah,
1: so I think that they worked out some sort of negotiations where I th- everybody's happy with it from my understanding, um, with those films, like The Wonder Woman and stuff, but they but it's definitely something that they had to negotiate um, mm-hmm. you know, because it wasn't the original deal. So um, anyway, that being said, so we decided we were like, okay, well, um, you know, where should we release it? And then we decided on Amazon. So we've got the movie up on there now, which has been awesome. And um, you know, I think over the pandemic too, Everybody, at least a lot of my friends, everybody souped up their TV. <laughs> so it's more like a theater in the houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: do, people...
2: you, huh? do you think
0: that's going to be something that kind of affects theaters going forward where, you know, th- there are things that are being released on streaming that are just as good, if not better, than some of the movies out there. And everyone's TV quality is so much better. I mean, there's less reason to go to the theater. I mean. Kind of. I think
1: it's, it's an interesting thing. So there's a, actually a really interesting conversation that you can look up that uh, Spielberg and George Lucas did. I believe they did it at USC mm-hmm. and they're talking about how they think in the future. Um, it's just going to be like these large, like hundred million dollar, $50 million or $300 million, whatever movies um, that are tentpole movies yeah. that would be the ones at the theaters. And then more specifically that like the prices will no longer be, well, I don't know let's be real like out here in California like a lot of our tickets are already like thirty dollars but what they were saying was like for a movie yeah, ticket yeah oh, maybe not that much but like I don't know like 18 20 yeah. 25 so, for some of like the, the ones that have like the food and stuff yeah but um but they predicted that it'll go up to like fifty dollars a ticket and it'll just be a few different um large films that will be in there. I'm not entirely sure about that. I think it's kind of like a funny thing. I I respect those filmmakers so much, but I do think it's kind of funny that they're the ones saying that because (laughs) who, like, okay, so if there were only a few filmmakers and only a few films, like theirs would probably be the
0: ones. (laughs) Right, yeah. They're like, it's going to cost you $75 to see my movie.
1: (laughs) And it'll just be me and one other filmmaker. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Which I, I love and adore them so much. But yeah, I just, I thought that was kind of, I was like, that's a little bit, interesting because it would definitely be in their favor but um yeah so I think though that it's like a cultural I think it's like a cultural like outing you know it's an experience I talked to um one of my good friends the other day and she went with her husband and her little kids and um the in-laws and her parents and they all went to see the new Cruella movie yeah and so I think that you know um I think that like what other kind of outing can you do where you can take that big of a group and like go as a family together and do something. I think that the, the you know, films and like going to a theater really lends well to that. And that's much more interesting than if those like 10 people had gotten together at somebody's house and like watched it, you know, it wouldn't have been um, it wouldn't have been an event, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Um, recently I, I went to, um, and this has a huge resurgence because of COVID But um, I went to the drive-in and uh, we had made plans to go see Goonies. So it's like, you know, the movie's going to be great. And um, so like, uh, you know, invited her daughter and her daughter's friend along so they could go off and play. And there was like yard games and you could get a beer and the food was really great. And it was like this whole event and they had trivia and all sorts of things. And it became like a whole not quite a day, but a whole evening instead of just, you know, let's go to dinner and then a movie. It was like, let's go to the drive-in and we'll play yard games and it, it'll be, you know, a whole thing. And it was, it was so much fun. We had a really great time.
1: That sounds amazing. Did they yeah. do the um, sound system coming in through the radio?
0: Yeah. Through like an FM radio. And, um, you know, initially I'm like, I'll just play it through the car radio. And they're like, your car battery will die if you do that. Um, which I didn't think it would, but I suppose depending on how good your car battery is. But then they had uh, like radio rentals and some people brought their own radios and we just put the windows down and we heard there was enough people around us with radios that we didn't even need to have the car on. It was, it was loud enough. And yeah, it was really, it was a lot of fun. It was like very, you know, like an event opposed to Yeah.
1: That's awesome. So did you look out, you looked out through the front window?
0: Yep. Yeah. But some people had like SUVs and they had the back open and lawn chairs and um, it had it started raining when we got there. Um, By the time we had ordered food and such, it had stopped. But like there was kind of that ominous cloud. So I'm like, oh, we can just sit in the car. But um, yeah, it was great. It was a lot of fun. So I'm I'm really curious to see how movie and from the sounds of it, they're only doing older movies and not doing first run stuff, but I'm curious to see how movies go forward because of COVID and theaters and people not necessarily being keen on sitting six inches apart, you know?
1: Yeah. I haven't, um, I haven't done a drive-in recently. I'd love to do that though. I think that'd be so fun. I don't know why. uh, Do you specifically know uh, or have any, any thoughts on, why did drive-ins like kind of die out? Is it just because they're like the massive amount of space that you need with the vehicles that, that, um, th- that th- like cost efficient or.
0: I think it was more with the onset of those, you know, Spielberg Lucas movies, a lot of them. Um, and this I learned from talking with the guys that own the, um, the drive-in. Uh, there are certain standards required to show those movies, especially Disney movies. You have to have a certain quality of sound. You have to have a certain quality of projector. And that's really hard to do in a drive-in when you're playing through an FM radio or some sort of little speaker. And so I think that was really the thing that kind of push them out and now that they're like hey we can instead of taking a gamble on first run movies whether it's good or not we can just play older movies that people love and want to share with their families
1: fun yeah
0: and, and so there's not the same requirements because as a studio so like everyone knows that movie it doesn't really matter if they think that the sound is kind of not top notch they know what the movie is and so i think there's more freedom that way
2: cool
1: yeah, it was funny. Um, so my dad and I had had a conversation um, about with this movie, Hollywood.com, that we just made. We had the conversation about how fun it would be to, and I had some friends that did this, and it worked out really well for them. They so enjoyed it, and like people were excited about the film. But um, because our movie is like this, like kind of quirky, you know, romancing the stone adventure film, we had discussed about like what a blast it would be. To take the film on tour across the United States and, like, you know, um, personally go with the film and play it at these drive-ins. You know, we've got it up on Amazon, but like, still do these, yeah. these movie showings. You know, and you you get there and you talk about the film and 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 all of that. And so um, that's something that he and I was like still tossed around a bit. We're like, that would be like, what a cool experience. Well, how fun would that be? And I had some friends who did that they had a horror film and they took it across the U S and they had a couple of the actors with them. And it was literally like a band tour, like, you know? um, And so they, uh, in these different areas too, they would do a little bit of like a pre-show as horror. So they had like, you know, maybe um, Oh gosh, I forget what that's called. Like where people like do like the double jointed stuff and like
0: like a circus sideshow kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So they would do that before. And yeah. then they sold the tickets for um, more than a traditional um, movie price because they had like the actors there and they had like a right. circus ad show and all the stuff. And um, yeah. And then they, and then they would do these screenings. And so they sort of like, you know, cause it was their, their film blended to that. It was sort of like a horror culty type film. Yeah. And uh, so Hollywood.com is sort of like its own kind of, like quirky ensemble um you know type film too where i think i think it would work well with that you, you know you should
0: totally come like yeah that's be... Be...
1: we've been talking about it we're like that would be really really fun throw the actors in a van and make it like a whole thing i also thought it'd be cool too. like what a fun documentary if you had somebody film the whole oh
0: movie. that would be really interesting yeah yeah
1: yeah i just don't you'd have to figure out like would you or would you not include the drama
0: <laughs> uh you would have to include the drama and you could call it, uh, something like, um, the long con.
1: The long con. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good.
0: Yeah, oh, good. yeah. Yeah. You should definitely do that. That'd be awesome. That'd be so cool.
1: Cause like too, with some of the actors, you know, um, we have great actors in this movie. The actors are so much fun. Um, you know, we've got Tom Arnold, Devin portrays in it. Paige Howard's in the movie. Um, but it was funny because like, so when we were filming this movie, like all of the actors are working actors Mm -hmm. and, um, they're people that I've worked with in the past and in different movies that I've done. And so like, for me, for the directing on it, it was really important to me to have great actors and like to have that experience of, you know, building out the character with them and building out the arcs and the narratives and stuff. Um, but, um, so anyway, it was funny, but, but yeah, if you took them on, <laughs> if you took them on tour, it'd be quite the experience. We did a couple of, um, a couple of, cause we filmed all over. We filmed like in Texas, we filmed in Arizona, we filmed in Guatemala, um, California. And so like when we filmed in Arizona and the Yuma sand dunes, that was fun. But, um, we just drove out there from California. So we loaded, that was already like a little bit of this, like, you know, thing. Yeah. it's, yeah, cause we loaded all of the equipment, we loaded all of the crew and we loaded some of the cast in the car and just like road trip down to Yuma. And, uh, and it was funny. It was really funny because well, <laughs> when you get that many personalities together, but you're on a time crunch, cause they're like working actors, you know? So you've got this limited schedule. And so like, well, <laughs> we have one actor, I won't say who it is. Um, I adore him to death, but he's so funny to be like on a trip with because he eats for an hour. He eats for an hour. He chews every little bite. And <laughs> we're like all on a road trip. So we're like, we gotta go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Tick tock. Let's go, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. It was funny. Cause like, it was funny. Cause like, I think the rest of us were sitting there like, what's going on? He's still like cutting the things. And my dad was like, my dad like handled it. So my dad was so funny. My dad was like, he's like, all right, we've got a 15 minute time limit. And then like, <laughs> your food gets to go we'll go ahead and order yours in the to-go plates you <laughs> so can eat with everybody else but it's already packed and just ready to get on the road can't be wasted you know because each meal would be an hour yeah so yeah so like on the road trip you know the breakfast the lunch and then the dinner so you and lose so three like, hours yeah like oh well like let's go it was just funny um but that was funny filming in the Yuma, arizona sandians too because um to get that location like with the way that I wanted it to look in the movie which um, was sort of those like rolling you know landscape or not it's not landscape but like the rolling sand hills where they're really pristine Mm -hmm. Um, we had to shoot there in really hot weather we had to shoot there in like
2: 100
1: degrees because otherwise people are out there doing um, off-roading stuff and like all the ATVs yeah 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 yeah, wow. so it's funny we were like out there shooting and like the cameras were overheating and it's right there on the border too. So border patrol pulled up and they were like, what are you guys like? What? And we're
2: like,
1: <laughs> oh, we're just filming. And that, you know, because a lot of people like would sneak across the border and stuff right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're like, what? You guys like well, you guys are nutty. Like, <laughs> like, yo, we're just out here. We gotta get it. Like perfect pristine sand dunes. I'm like, okay. But we even threw that, we filmed the border patrol car. We threw it in the movie. If you watch the movie in there, you can see it
0: oh yeah nice now you have talked a lot about how you wanted to release it in mexico and you talked about guatemala uh like what's the connection is your family from that region or uh
1: no my um dad speaks fluent spanish though okay so he speaks fluent spanish and then he's a gemologist and so um like to buy, like, like Guatemala has some really awesome, um, jade specimens there. They mm-hmm. have all different colors. They have like beautiful black jade. Um, they have some of the imperial jade, they have orange jade, like just my goodness, like all of these different colors. And so, um, the way that that part, um, kind of came into the movie, um, cause my dad and I wrote it together. So like the whole Hollywood side of it, was um, more my background since I had grown up on set and started like acting at seven and whatnot. Yeah. And the Latin America um, and like the Enchanted Piece of Jade and all of that came from his side of things. And so, um, and also from a, a trip that he and I had taken together. So when I started, first started getting into filmmaking one of the things that I had decided to do was to um, film him doing what he does for work, this gemology stuff. And you can actually see some of that, um, online. If you go to like YouTube and you plug in gem, like G E M Hunter, and then the last name B-O-O-E-M, O R E M it'll pop up. But, um, so we were at the Tucson, Arizona, Gem and mineral show, which is like, I think it's, it's either the largest in the world or the second largest in the world for, for these, you know, for buying gems and minerals. And so when we were there, and this is way before we made the movie, this is a while ago. like and, we were there and um no one could get the prices that they wanted for Guatemalan jade. Mm-hmm. There was basically um one group that was controlling the prices coming out of Guatemala um, hmm. for, for this jade. And so the show lasts for about two weeks, and we were there at the very beginning in Arizona. And so after we talked to a few people and they were expressing, you know, that they weren't getting what they wanted out of it, um. My dad decided that we should go to Guatemala and then go see, you know, if we could get over there, hunt down Jade yeah. and then back to the show. Cause it's what people were wanting. And, um, so I went to Guatemala with him and I filmed the whole thing. I filmed well,
0: it while, while the show is still going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the Tucson okay. Arizona show is going on and then we go to Guatemala and I'm filming all of this. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And like, I knew I wanted to get into filmmaking. So I like wanted to practice and I had like my shot list each day So that I could cut it all together. And um, so so we got over to Guatemala and we were just like driving all over the place, which was such an experience. Um, A lot of the freeways there are these like two lane freeways, and they have these huge buses, these huge semis on these two lane freeways. Yeah. And so, like, uh, you know, so we're just like passing them and weaving around them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is wild. And so finally we found um, there was this like village. Um, and you can see this footage if you look up that, that YouTube thing I had mentioned, but, um, we found this village and they had been selling Jade specifically to a guy who just stopped showing up and he hadn't showed up in like five years. And so they just had stacks of Jade ready to sell. And so, um, so we bought the Jade, we bought 300 pounds of Jade and we brought it back to the Tucson gem and mineral show and sold it before the show was out. And so huh. that was a huge inspiration for um, like the jade, the uh, and then the, also for the enchanted jade and the cursed jade that's in the movie. Yeah. Um, when we were back in this village, it was funny. So they had their regular pieces. And as I mentioned before, like the j- jade until you polish it looks pretty ugly. Like it just looks like river rock. Like most of it's like pretty gray on the outside, and whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, um, they brought out these other pieces that were like really like gorgeous, and polished, and they were smaller. And so we're looking at them, and we're like, "Wow, those are like those are really cool." And um, anyway, they were trying to sell us stuff from tombs. Oh, really? Yeah, from Mayan tombs. That's and my job crazy. was like, uh, "No, I don't think so. I think we'll <laughs> that one, yeah, no Mayan tomb stuff." So um, yeah, you know. Yeah, so that was funny. So that like influenced the curse part stuff too, because um, I guess from from my understanding with the um, with the Mayans, a lot of times when they when they um, would bury um, their deceased, they would put a um, piece of jade in the mouth, mm-hmm. and the idea was that um, that helped the soul leave the body, or it was something that helped them into the afterlife, something like that, as some sort of spiritual yeah thing. so <laughs> oh. so it's like not just like
0: so it's dead people mouth jade
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah. that like a spirit potentially passed through for something
0: oh.
2: <laughs>
1: it's even <been> <laughs> they're like uh no like i'm sure you know if they took it from the tomb and it's like their ancestors and they're from the area probably not getting cursed probably you know fine by the spirits you take it across and sell it somewhere Suddenly, yeah. like, that turns into some, like some other world stuff. Like I saw that movie, the mummy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I saw that movie. That movie was intense. I love that movie. But um, yeah, so that was, that was the inspiration on all of that, which was fun.
0: So how did you go from acting, which you said you started at seven to directing? Like, was that something you always wanted to do? Or was it just because you had this idea you know, with your father and it it was more personal, that you know, you wanted to. Uh,
1: No, it's definitely something I always wanted to do. Um, I think that, uh, I think it's sort of like a natural progression from acting, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, especially like when you've been on set for as long as I have, since I was little, I mean, it's basically, you know, kind of, um, you know, like ingrained my DNA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know starting seven seven's pretty young so you know I was always really curious and asking people questions on set and whatnot you know about what they did you know their jobs and uh so acting you show up you know and you're just there for however many hours or for your part and you're you're a um, piece of the puzzle or you're you know a, a paint color in in a painting yeah but um for directing you're you know, the first one there and the last one there at the end of the day you work with all departments all different crew members you have to know what everyone does have a hand in all of that um, you know you're there from the beginning of the project as it's you know unless you buy a script but you know as it's being developed and then you follow it all the way through um, you know post-production so you know you're involved with the color correction, the sound the music all of these things. And so, um, you know, I just found that to be like really exciting to, to, you know, kind of learn about all those different areas and and have a hand in them. So, um, (laughs) I'm a bit of a control
0: freak. So that sounds like, I'm like, yeah, I like that.
1: (laughs) Did you say you're a control freak?
0: A bit of a control freak. Yeah. So just the idea of being like, oh, I get to do everything. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's fun too. I mean, one of my favorites is, um, just hearing people's interpretations. Yeah. Yeah, like on the script, like you're like, you know, because especially if you get awesome artists and like wacky artists, Mm -hmm. you know, like some of the stuff that they bring to the table, you're like, what the F? Like, (laughs) what is that? Where did you come up with that from? You know, and then some of it you use, some of it you're not able to use, but like, it's just fun to to hear, you know, um, these extreme things that artists come up with.
0: Where you wrote the script, was there ever something that someone came up with where you're like, oh, I really like this, but I like mine better. I really want to have whatever my vision was, even though you liked theirs.
1: Um, I mean,
0: improv line or or whatever, you know,
1: I like all of the people that are on this. We got some really awesome people, even like across the board into like the music, the sound design, um, editing all of that. There's like some really stellar artists involved. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's, I pretty much, you know, I had to make sure that things were streamlined with the narrative to make sure that things are like cohesive and match, you know, Yeah. But apart from that, like I was like super open. Cause I think that, you know, if you have great artists and they're bringing something to the table, like, you know, that's why, that's why I want them there. Like, you know, I'm excited to, to utilize what they, what they have and, and can contribute
0: yeah i i think collaborating has actually it's the only art i have done all covid i i kind of i don't know lost that creative drive once quarantine hit but then um i actually got to kind of similar to you i i got to um collaborate with my daughter on uh, some pieces and uh it was so much fun and it it was interesting to work with her and not think of her as my daughter, but as an artist.
1: Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. What what kind of projects did you guys do?
0: Uh, We were commissioned to do, um, so I had friends who had bought a house and here in Massachusetts, it's illegal to sell a house with a pool that has a diving board. Okay. So the previous owner had removed the diving board and just kind of stuck it behind the pool house. Uh And I guess they, they, weren't really interested in putting it back up, so they asked us to uh, turn it into a piece of art, so they could hang it out in in the pool area. And then we were commissioned to do. Uh, there was a restaurant down here that had to put up partitions in between the seating, and they were having local artists uh, paint murals on them. So we did that as well.
1: Awesome! So you guys both paint?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I tend to draw more, but um. It, it was, it was more, I don't want to say her style. Cause we kind of worked on it together, but it was very um, graphic minimalist kind of like, it wasn't very photorealistic and the mural was kind of cartoony. Um, so it was a lot of fun, but uh, typically I draw more than paint, but yeah, it, it was just really fun to work with her and kind of see where her head's at. And, you know, talk colors like what colors would work and and how we're going to do this and and it was just it was a lot of fun and kind of in a way made me feel a little old because you're like oh she's you know she's got her shit together you know she's a smart kid
1: (laughs) she's a full-blown human oh no yeah i know
0: right yeah oh
1: yeah That's so cute. That's great. I mean, you guys will remember that forever. I think that's something really special about working with family. That's, uh, that's cool. You know, you put it in the catalog of like the memory bank, you know,
0: did, did you, obviously it's different because they're family, but is there any cons to working with your families in such on, on a project so close?
1: Um, I don't know. You know, my dad and I had a really good time working on this together. He's like a workaholic and I'm a workaholic, too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess I guess that could get negative because he and I are both like, should we do the 16 hour day? Let's do a 16 hour day. Let's do it. (laughs) You know, she would drive across. Let's do it. Like this film was really funny in itself, because um, I mean, for an independent film, like we've got a lot of actors, a lot of moving parts, you know, a lot of locations. A lot of animals, um, like just like a lot, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like pretty far out for an independent in terms of what we decided to, to throw into the mix on it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think part of that is because, because um, he and I like don't shy away from, you know, like the extra work that it'll take if something's cool to like throw it in there. Um, so, um, yeah. So, I mean, that being said, like, yeah, I guess like a con on that would be <laughs> would be like, just uh you know like burying our heads in it and they like look up and we're like oh my gosh like a few months just go by like what do we do? <laughs> All these hours what happened? Yeah what happened yeah so um but it's nice you know having that like commandary on it um I'm trying to think uh yeah let me try to think what else he was funny with some of the some of the dialogue because um you know because his background's not as an actor he's a he's a gemologist, and so he was funny with some of that because he's like I wouldn't say that. I'm
0: like, <laughs> oh, he wanted it to be like real technical, or just that, uh, like, oh, well, we don't use that term, or that kind of thing.
1: No, he's just like, I wouldn't say that line, like for his acting. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, your character says that. He's like, yeah, but I don't feel like I would say that, and I was like, well, okay, so you gotta <laughs> say that though, because that's part of the story. It's like, I don't know, I, I just don't think I'd say that. <laughs>
0: Just trying to, I'll be my trailer.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was funny though. And he'd be like, all right, fine, like I'll say it, but uh just doesn't feel natural for me to say that.
0: <laughs> Did he have a theater background or was he? No, just, yeah,
1: no, no, he um yeah, he's a gemologist through and through. So um, you know, uh, we just started putting this project together. I um had done several short films and some music videos and some experimental work. And then I knew um, that I wanted to do a full feature. You know, doing a full feature is like the next progression on it. But then also, like, the audience that you get a full feature in front of is cool mm-hmm. because it's not just, um, you know, more specifically like film connoisseurs or like film buffs, like you get with like the short films, you know, right. this is just general audience, people just like wanting to relax, escapism, like see the movie so that's cool um
0: and especially something that is you know on um amazon i mean th- that just gets you in front of so many other eyes and god knows yeah. i've like been you know on there just been like oh let's let's give this one a try and see what it's about and
1: yeah for sure for sure um and then we made a music video during the pandemic too which was pretty cool My dad and I did that one together. It was fun Um, uh, for uh, an artist named Travis Tidwell. It's called Catch Me If You Can.
0: Oh, yeah. I've heard of him.
1: Yeah, he's really good. We got it up on country music television. And then now it's uh, nominated for a Josie Award, which I guess is the um, largest independent music awards. And that's in September in uh, Tennessee. So I'm hoping everything stays open. Everything is good. Fingers crossed, because I want to go to that.
0: Yeah, that's exciting did you so you said you've done other music videos do you kind of do you like that kind of shorter storytelling format that a music video is because a lot of them you know there's some that are just the band but i feel like most of them have some sort of like short story that they're trying to compress into the the video
1: music videos are cool um because there's such a short turnaround mm-hmm. so it's you know, it's rewarding in that sense it's you know you you put it together you shoot it you get paid like you know you have this cool artistic form it's it's shot you collaborate and it's yeah i mean that's awesome you know um so just the trajectory of that's cool um a feature film is a lot harder yeah so um yeah it's int- was that what did you ask me?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, i was just wondering if you like that format of that kind of compressed story you know where you're trying to tell a story in three minutes or so.
1: I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, yeah, like the music videos are like tone, you know, tone experiments mm-hmm. to, you know, thematic and all of that. But, um, yeah, I think it's cool. Um, but you don't get that, um, like the character arc stuff with the, that you get in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in three minutes, you, you can't get that far with it. Um, right um but uh
0: yeah so the um i've just really been like fascinated with music videos lately because i'm a kid that grew up on mtv and there's really no platform like that that's well known that you know you can go on youtube and and search for you know a, a video by a band And it may give you recommendations, but I think the thing that really made MTV was interesting is you sat down and it's going to show you a wide variety of videos. And I found like you discovered more music that way. And um, since we had the podcast and talking to so many more musicians, it's always kind of like, well, how do people discover your music without that kind of, you know, radio plays, not the same as it used to be in Spotify and Pandora kind of like, some of the bigger avenues. So I'm always like really fascinated about like the music video and that people still make them. And there's really great ones out there from bands I've never heard of. And so I, I'm really, I feel like MTV or something like it is missing.
1: I know. I don't know why specifically they stopped playing music videos so much country music television. They still play a lot of music videos. Yeah. But that's such a specific genre. Like what you're saying MTV was a lot more broad. You were getting like your rock, your alternative, um, even some folky stuff, like yeah. everything across the board.
0: The, the thing that I heard, and I, I don't know how true it is, um, is that it was hard for them to get accurate ratings because the nature of the music video is you'd be like, Oh, it's Madonna. Cool. And then Cyndi Lauper would come on and be like, "Ugh, I'm not a big Cyndi Lauper fan. And you'd switch channels and that the Nielsen ratings were based off of like 15 minute chunks And if you're on for three minutes, off for three minutes, and on for four minutes, you're not really on. So it's hard to get accurate ratings, which therefore makes it hard to sell advertising, yada, yada, yada. And then they come up with some other shows that they have stronger ratings because people don't switch them on and off. And then they were able to sell better or more expensive advertising. So that's what they went with.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense because they went into so many of those
0: reality reality shows. shows. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, but it would be interesting to see what happens with that now because there are certain streaming platforms that have decided they're not going to release their ratings.
0: Right. Yeah, like Netflix. Uh, Netflix doesn't tell you how it went. They're just like, yeah. you either get renewed or you don't, and that's that's kind of it.
1: Yeah. So, um... but
0: they're also not driven by ad revenue either. So it's if you had a two-hour show that people turned off and on, it doesn't matter as long as they stay subscribed, right? You know. So it's it's a really interesting time for entertainment and media, and especially like that weird combination of the two like that music video it's, it's a little bit of you know movie making and it's it's a little bit of music you it's just yeah i got i got on this kick where i just started like scouring the internet for for some and i just found some amazing bands that i'd never heard of that have great videos and i'm like how have i never heard of this or heard of this person or you know this absolutely would have been played on mtv you know 40 years ago
1: yeah, that is interesting. I wonder. Um, yeah, I wonder how people are discovering new bands. Do you think it's like Spotify, like suggested, or
0: I think it may be a little bit of Spotify. I think something like YouTube is a little more, um, kind of. It's not as passive because, like, I can put Spotify on. And I may hear a song and be like, oh, that's kind of a cool song. But if I'm not looking at my phone, if it's on a Bluetooth speaker, or I'm busy. Where YouTube, I think you're more focused. You're actually looking at it. And so when it pops up, or, you know, uh, a recommended video or switches to another video, I think that's more likely. I typically ask people on, on my show, I'm like, who are you listening to? Who should I be listening to? And um, I, I I ask my kids a lot because they usually have some, interesting music choices
1: um, where are they picking theirs up from like tiktok or
0: um osmosis through other kids i have no idea like kids are just weird they're sponges for information like i, I don't even know how they get it all um they're not real big on tiktok they're more they like um snapchat but um i feel like tiktok's something that i gotta spend more time with that it makes me feel super old so, I'm like, I don't understand it. I don't know. I don't know why you think it's funny. It's just a person lip syncing. I, I just feel like that's the thing that makes me feel like super old. They're like, get off my lawn, that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, TikTok's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes because I feel like it's such like a cultural phenomenon. And um, I'm not quite tied into what they have going on, but I, I did have some friends before who were very much into, uh, Vine and they had Mm -hmm. like followers on Vine and they had, you know, um, they were using that as like a a platform to produce content and, and whatnot. And then, um, Vine from my understanding, like went under because they couldn't figure out how to monetize kind of like the MTV thing you were talking about, like monetize via the advertising. And so then they just sort of fizzled out and these people that I knew, um, for they, they, um, you know, when it, when it left, they just left those, like those followers, maybe follow them to other platforms, but like not the same capacity that they had built up on Vine. So I don't know, it'll be interesting because it feels like somehow TikTok, even though they're both like 30 second video platforms, it seems like TikTok has kind of, um, rooted itself much stronger.
0: Yeah. And it seems like it is, um, easier to get a following i don't know if that's true maybe i'm uh oversimplifying it but uh the guy that books our comedy show uh he's got like a hundred thousand followers um not saying he shouldn't sorry aj um but uh you know it's maybe that's just me like that weird like how does my friend have a hundred thousand followers um So and it's just it's a very Strange platform, and yeah, I just need to spend time with it. I think this is like the fifth podcast in a row where I've asked people, "Like, how do you do TikTok?" Um, Yeah, it's just something that I'm curious to see because I feel like it's also more positive in nature than some of the, you know, Twitter and Facebook, which tends to be kind of. A nightmare and i feel like tiktok is more lighthearted.
1: oh i never thought about it like that that's true absolutely yeah.
0: so yeah and appar- to
1: that in a way too
0: yeah yeah and apparently there's some sort of tiktok pasta that's a thing i don't know oh yeah
1: yeah yeah so, <laughs> so. have you gotten on clubhouse
0: uh no what the hell is that <laughs> it's
1: a new one it's the, oh new- my God. it's the new boogie.
0: come on you're making me feel even older now i don't even know what the hell that is <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get on there and claim your name. You know, that yeah. name real estate, so Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I already did that on TikTok. I'll have to do that on clubhouse, but yeah, for yeah, sure. Whether
1: you use it or not, you need that name, real estate.
0: Yeah, um,
1: sure. clubhouse is I'm still wrapping my head around it. Um, there's some people who are so like, very like diehards. Like they feel like this is like the new, the new wavelength like, that things are going for social media. It's an interesting platform. It's essentially like a radio. Like you go on there and, um, people have these rooms and there's been all kinds of interesting people on there, like Elon Musk, you know, and whatever. Um, And there are these, these chat rooms, but by chat, I mean, like literally talking It's like a phone call room. It's a conference call room, but in a forum kind of like Reddit. And so in these rooms, you can go in and listen in. And usually there's just an allotted amount of people that have approval to speak. And yeah. then uh, you can raise your hand to, you know, raise your hand, <laughs> yeah, 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 to um, ask a question.
0: Huh? That's really and interesting.
1: And like get stage for a moment. Yeah. Huh?
0: That's really. Now I'm definitely gonna have to look into that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I spoke to one person, and he was saying that uh, it's done a lot for him. Uh, with um, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't fully follow to be honest, because he was like, he's like, it's growing my whole business. And I was like, How?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, and and that's one of those like someone's like, Oh, you need to be on TikTok, you need to be on TikTok. I'm like, I don't understand how inebri art as a brand can grow on TikTok, you know, lip syncing to songs and like, oh, it's more than that. I'm like, Okay, I don't I don't understand. So they're like, Oh, you just need to spend time on it and um so that the the uh, comedian that I mentioned before, AJ, um, belongs to this group that will shoot TikTok videos that are themselves basically as fake professional wrestlers, kind of the 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 before match trash talk, and then so they'll they'll do it back and forth. And then, whoever gets more likes, I guess, wins the match that never happened.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, it's like this non existent wrestling league that has no wrestling. It's just people trash talking. And based on the likes, I, they trade belts back and forth. And, you know, obviously, he's grown his following to 100,000 followers through that and his other stuff. And it, it's just really interesting to see how creative people can be. And, like in new new ways and like i think we saw a lot of that with youtube and then youtube got really commercialized so it's a lot harder to kind of achieve that same level but there's still platforms out there that you know you can become famous and and make a living from making silly videos and 90 percent of the population still has no idea who you are it's really it's a really interesting time
1: for sure for sure i think it's so cool that um there's access to, um, there's so many ways to like so many different platforms to push art out through,
2: mm-hmm. you yeah. know,
1: you didn't have in the past in the past, you know, um, gosh, dating back to like, you know, even like back to like the fifties and stuff. If you think about, you know, how controlled all of these different platforms were that people push their art out through, whether that be, you know, just magazines or just, you know, like it was, um, yeah. So specific. And now it's like, if you have a voice and you want to get heard and you want to get your stuff out there, like do it, you know, by all yeah. means, you certainly can. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe it'll work out where you'll, you'll have a fallen with it. And maybe, maybe you won't, but, you know, at least you have the opportunity to relate really, to really push it through and do it. And I think that that's, um, one of the things right now that's, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, I think it's amazing. It, and it always makes me think back to uh, the movie that came out late 80s, early 90s with Christian Slater called Pump Up the Volume.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: And I'm all, I remember, so my son was getting older. And I'm like, oh, you know, I want him to see all the movies that I thought was cool. And I'm like, pump up the volume. And I'm like, will make absolutely no sense to him now. <laughs> because like who cares if he's broadcasting like everyone does that like it it that movie makes zero sense nowadays because yeah just go get a you know 60 dollar mic and your computer has a camera and go nuts it,
1: <laughs> now i remember that film but run me through the premise of it again what was uh,
0: that he was kind of this extremely shy um kid who's kind of like displaced because his parents moved a lot and he didn't have friends. He moved to this new town and he had like all this crazy um, tech that allowed him to broadcast an FM signal. So um, once a week or whatever his schedule was, he would go live and broadcast, which had a much short range, basically only the the surrounding school. And he would, you know, kind of speak his mind and and swear so swearing on fm radio like oh my god and he'd play edgy music and it became like the whole town started like you know the the parents and the teachers hated it and the kids loved it and he kind of became like an anti-hero and um then the fcc got involved and like just now i'm like that makes no sense like (laughs) if i showed to my kids they'd be like i don't understand why anyone cares that he's doing this
1: (laughs) Oh, but it's so true. Like everything was so controlled, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Everything had to be approved, controlled, you know, very tiny group. Only so many people were able to, you know, whether it be radio or whatever, like, you know, magazines, like, you know, um, the actors, like, if you think about the um, like back in like the fifties, you know, they had so many actors and the actors, a lot of them lived in like actor houses. Mhm where um you know and then they were on these studio contracts so that was like a limited group too it wasn't you know just open right to everyone
0: it, so. w- what's the one thing that you're following on social media or watching on youtube that even you were kind of like am i really watching this for this amount of time like you have that one thing like mine was marble racing for a long time
1: <laughs> marble racing that's
0: racing. Uh, uh, it was great it, it was fantastic
1: I don't know. I find very obscure stuff on, uh, on YouTube that like, like there's a, uh, Oh my gosh, I forget what the woman's name is, but there's like this uh, there's British woman and she has this remodeling show and she gets hooked up with these like people who uh, decide that they want to remodel these castles in
0: like Scotland. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. I can blink you what it's called, but I just like, I've watched so much of it and it's always funny because you know, the um layout of a castle is is not um it's not, you know, like there was one in particular, like the kitchen was essentially like a dungeon. It was like a basement, you know, yeah. it's like on the bottom and it's like wet and muddy. And like, you know, we generally think of what our kitchens you want, you know, it's sort of like people cook and talk and like they hang out. So you probably have it. I don't know, near the front of the house, and like with some chairs, you know,
0: bright and <laughs> so, sunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So this was like in the bottom, like you know where the where the servants go. Right. And um, so the remodel on that was like funny and like, um, and it was like eight floors tall, and the ballrooms on like the sixth floor. I'm like, oh my gosh, like oh, that's weird. Um, yeah, that was an interesting one. And um, but yeah, a lot of these like people go through and they remodel these castles, but you know halfway through um they start to realize that like it's not necessarily the most um uh what's the word that i'm thinking of um i don't like function like,
0: function- like the most conducive to actually living
1: yeah because <laughs> yeah, like the walls on them are like what this thick you know
0: yeah
1: and they're like cold inside and they're like damp and like moldy and like there's no windows <laughs> like and, and you're
0: also- trying to heat it and the rock is just sucking the heat out of the building <laughs> yeah Yeah.
1: and also like a lot of um these old castles in different places are um under historical um societies you know so they can't you know like in the castle that has no windows they can't just start knocking out stuff and putting windows and all this stuff so funny like as these shows go on because i feel like there's like this these like very like wealthy people who are like i've got the castle we're gonna remodel and then like halfway through they're like it's dark in here. <laughs> it's dark, and you're like, well, I don't know. So that I've been watching a lot of those on YouTube. There's also this other series that's very quirky. Um, I forget what this one's called as well, but it's basically like people who have fallen in love with um, inanimate objects. Okay. <laughs> and like, so like, like there was like a woman who. Um, is it like a comedy or is
0: this film? an actual?
1: No, issue. it's like a docu series. Oh, okay docu series it was like a woman who wanted to marry the Eiffel tower
0: um, okay. and
1: they're so sincere like these people are very sincere and like you know committed about their 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 thoughts and their wants to do this stuff um, I like weird stuff if, if you haven't noticed but um yeah and then there was another woman who um, she had fallen in love with a um it was like a ride at like mm-hmm. her like local carnival
0: okay
1: <laughs> yeah so she like go and see it and she like like touched it and like anyway so it's just it just interesting interesting character study you yeah. know
0: that, yeah that is um, fascinating
1: those um and more so like I, I like watching them just because i think it's like fascinating like the complex of like not to make fun of the people just like the complex of like human nature like you know because we're so we're so wildly varied in all different directions and like when people feel you know um i don't know people are just weird it's great
0: and, and to be honest we're all like I don't know what three or four brain cells off of being in that same situation. Like if yeah. your chemistry is a little bit different, you'd be like, I love my toaster oven.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's be real. It heats things up. It's there for me.
0: It makes pizza. Come on now.
1: <laughs> I know where to find it at all times.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, well I want to th- say thank you for coming on. This was a lot of fun and, um, you know, I encourage our our listeners to go check out your movie. It's on Amazon, and it's Hollywood.Con, C-O-N, correct?
1: It is. It is, yes. It's about a uh, con artist in Hollywood making a movie, okay. and that's how we got the Hollywood.Con.
0: Yeah, I just want to make sure that they, you know, I feel like when people hear .com, they automatically are going to think it's an M, but.
1: Yeah, we were trying to figure out, um, when we were running through the names, we were trying to figure out a name that was, like, weird and different that no one else had
0: yeah of course got
1: Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Here we
0: are. laughs> but uh, yeah i want to say thank you this is great and uh thanks for taking the time to talk to us and anytime you have you know when you're ready with your next film come back talk to us
1: cool thank you so much yeah it was a total blast i appreciate yeah. you thank you
0: yeah no problem and uh thanks for our listeners and we'll see you guys again next week Thanks for listening to today's podcast. You can find us on all social medias at inebriart or on Instagram at inebriart6. You can email us at anebriart at yahoo.com. And make sure you listen to the other podcasts on the inebriart podcast network, including Bar Talk, Old Colony Cast, Retro Redoctopus, America's Hometown Horror Podcast, and our newest one, Theme Park Legends, a podcast about working at theme parks. What else? And we'll catch you again next time.